The talk you're about to listen to is a presentation of Penn State Crew. To find out more about Penn State Crew or to find more talks, music, and videos, check out PennStateCrew.org. Alrighty, guys. So we're going to take uh, a pause from James tonight. We're going to talk about bonding. I'm bonding. Uh, we're going to talk about some relationships, and I'm going to share some stories, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about bonding, how we fail to bond, um, and the benefits of bonding, being in healthy relationships with one another. We say every week, Hunter, what do we say every week? Crew is a community, right? Every single week we say it. Crew is a community, and a big part of being a community is that we are healthy, growing adults. Everyone's like, oh, don't say that word. But you are. You're healthy, growing adults. Uh, and we pray and trust that you will be in healthy, bonded relationships. Okay? So bonding, I'm getting, so let me just share real briefly. Um, our staff team is going through the book Changes That Heal this semester by Dr. Henry Cloud. Does, has anyone ever heard of that book or read it? Oh, you guys. Wait, One. Shindell, love it. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. I went through it as a student. I've done it after I graduated college, and now I'm doing it again with our team. And the Lord has really used the tool to really bless me um, and to reveal things in my life that hmm, I didn't, I missed as a kid. You know, I don't know if you can relate. There were things in your childhood as you look back where you like, you really missed out. Maybe it felt like uh, you, your parents got divorced or a parent died or a, some other trauma that you experienced. Maybe you moved a lot. Um, feelings of I had to grow up really fast because this happened to me. And I have similar wounds like that in my life. And when I was able to reflect on those, the Lord was beginning to highlight these things of like, you didn't have the chance to grow up in these areas and it really prevented you from being in relationships with people. And I'll share a little, a few examples about how that played out in my life. But I think when I look back on this material, apart from the Bible, the stuff that's in this book is incomparable to really anything else that I've ever read. And I read a lot. And I know you guys don't know that I read a lot, but for me, as someone who really likes to read, it's been incredible just how God has used this book and really anything written by him um, to really bless and grow me in my life. So I just wanted to share some things that I've been learning from, from that book. So what is bonding? Bonding, the ability to establish an emotional attachment to another person. It's the ability to relate to someone on the deepest deepest level. So when we think about, if you've been here, we typically do our first crew um, right, the, right at the beginning of the week in the semester, in the fall, right? And it's typically the same talk every semester. So who, who's new out of just curiosity right now? Hello, welcome. Hi, new people. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Hannah, by the way. I'm on staff. Um, and it's a joy. You make me love my job even more. So thank you so, so much for being here. Um, but we typically do, if you come back next year, you'll see, and again, <laughs> that we do the same crew talk basically every semester. And it's about how God in his self is a relationship. God, Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they 
are a community. They are a relationship. And as a result, we are called to be in relationship with others. So that's why we're really valuable. That's why we really value being in Bible studies, being discipled, doing life on life with people because at our most fundamental need as a human, as a living person, it's to be in relation with another living thing. <sighs> so I want to share uh, briefly what the Bible teaches us about bonding. So if you have your Bible, go to John 15. Uh, if you need a Bible, raise your hand, and my friends Abe and Josh are going to pass them out. John 15 is a classic, I'm the vine, you are the branch. My son, we have this little song that we sing. He's three, and he's been really into this recently. Every time we drive by a tree, he says, Mom, look, that's us. I'm like, yeah, there you go. You got the metaphor. We are the branches, and he's the vine. <laughs> oh, it's really cute when he says it in his little three-year-old voice. Um, but John 15, we're going to read verses 5 and 6, and then we're going to pop up to verse 12. And I want us to think about what attachments does Jesus himself emphasize here, okay? So John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So according to these verses, what attachment does Jesus himself emphasize here? Feel free to shout them out too. Our attachment to him. Very good. What else? Yes. What attachments does Jesus emphasize here? Vines and the branches. Yes. And that relates to us and him, right? So that's a relationship. Look into verse 12. Reread that. What relationship is that talking about? Yeah, Mel. Between each other, right? So the two most important relationships in your whole entire life are what? What's number one? And what's number two? There you go. So can we do it one more time? Because I'm very interactive and I really feed off. Hi, Sam, right? Oh, I saw you next week. Great to meet you. See you again. I'm glad you're here. Okay. I'm really interactive. I feed off of people's energy if you can't tell. So the two most important relationships in a person's life, in your life, number one is what? God. Thank you. Number two is? Others. Others, right? They're the two most fundamental relationships in a person's life. So if you're ever really, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes if you're like, huh, I wonder, am I making God proud? Like, is he delighted that I'm his child? Like, do I, what am I doing with my life? The questions that you can evaluate and think about is, how am I in my relationship with God? Like, how, how are you doing? A little thermometer, if you were, if you were to diagnose yourself. How have you been connecting? Have you been abiding recently, number one? And then how are you doing in your relationships with others? Okay, that could be another diagnostic you could ask yourself about how you're doing in your relationship with your peers, with your families, 
with complete strangers. Really, how many of the people that really pissed you off this week, how are you doing with those kinds of people? Because we all know those people do exist, but we're still called to love them. So how are we, how are we doing in that dynamic with others? So the second thing I want us to think about is I actually asked some friends of mine in the audience, they have post-it notes with verses on them. And I'm going to share some verses. I'm going to sh ask a question and then we're gonna talk about the question, okay? So here, all my post-it note people, just keep an ear out, okay? So the question is, what do the following passages teach us about the experience of being in relationship with fellow believers? Okay, so when you think about your dynamic with other Christians, what do these verses really highlight for us, okay? So the first one is Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Can you stand up for me, please? Hi, Justin. Thank you. Ephesians 3, 17 to 21. Colossians 3, 14. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So again, the question, what do these passages teach us about the experience of being in a relationship with fellow believers? There's two more verses. So 1 John 4, 20 to 21. Romans 15, 1 through 7. Great. Thank you all. So what are some things that you guys heard, whether phrases, specific words? What are some things that link these passages together? Yeah, Nick. Acting in love leads to growth. Leads to growth. Very good. What else? Love binds you together. How does it do that, Shindel? Only God, only God knows. Only God knows. <laughs> only God knows. She wrote a great blog post, by the way, just about anxiety. You should ask her about it. It really blessed my day today, just saying. What else? So we need love with one another. It helps us grow. It binds us together. What were some other things that stuck out to you? about one more? Reread, I really like Colossians 3.14. Can someone reread that for me? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's my favorite. Above all these, above all these, put uh, above all and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Mm -hmm. What is it, Cal? So I was gonna say like you can't love others without loving God. You can't love God without loving others. Yeah, it's cyclical, isn't it? Yeah, you can't love God without loving others, and you can't love others without loving God. It's sort of like how you love God is by loving others, and how you love others is by loving God. It's this bizarre. I don't really understand the intricacies of it. But I believe scripture, when it talks about that the most, the two most important commandments, do you know what they are? You know it. You can say it. Love the Lord your 
Exactly, right? So you see this thread throughout scripture of like, huh, my most, my two most important relationships in my life, my relationship with God and my relationship with others. Being in a loving relationship is fundamental to our human experience. It's proof that we are human. In case you needed proof this evening, it is proof. Being in a loving relationship with another person is proof that you are human. So what the past teaches us about bonding. We all have stories, okay? We all even come in here tonight with different baggage, whether it's from your parents, whether it's from your professor, whether it's from your own life choices, doesn't matter. You all have your own story that the Lord is writing out and he's teaching you things and he's growing you through different trials and he's pressing in a truth. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't claim to know what it is, but I know that he loves you and he has a plan for you and you're here on purpose. Bless you. You're here for a reason. And I'm really, really glad you're here for a reason. And I want to tell you just a few things from my story um, that really prevented me from bonding. Things that really interfered with that process when I was a kid. So like I said, we're meant for a relationship. We are designed to relate to other living things and ways that I failed to bond when I was a kid. Oh, it's just, it's funny. I chuckle because it's just funny rethinking of these stories. Um, <clears throat> so the ladies in the room are totally going to resonate with me because everyone, and actually maybe the men too. I'm not a man, so I don't really know. But um, do you guys remember your first crush? I know. So I've been married five years, and I still remember my first crush. His name was Ryan Gogarty. I I know, I know, Ryan Gogarty. I don't even know where he is now, but um, he was my first crush. I thought it was really, really cute. I can't really tell you why. Actually, no, I could tell you why. But he just had, he was tall, he was thin, he had freckles, he was shy, awkward, like us all, but... I don't know, I just thought he was really cute. I was in third grade and I was like, oh man, he's super cute. So I went to K through eighth um, at a private Christian school and then I went to nine through 12, my high school at a public school. So it was very, very small through elementary and middle school. And I found out one day that Ryan didn't like me. He didn't like me. Oh, I know, it stung, it did, it stung back then. Now I'm over it, obviously. But it did it did sting. I'm healthily bonded. I'm health I'm proof. I'm healthily bonded to my husband. Thank God. Um <laughs> I found out that he liked my friend Kylie. He liked my friend, I know, thank you. Oh, it still feels good. No, I know, he liked my friend Kylie. And see, Kylie had long straight hair. She was taller. I thought she was prettier, because of course all the ladies are like, yeah, of course when a guy, when you like a guy and he doesn't like you, you're always like, because he likes the prettier girl. I don't know why our brains, it's a part of the fall, ladies. It's just, it's not good. So I'm like, okay, he likes Kylie. This is just so sad. You know what I started believing? Ready for this? I am second. And not like the cool website where you get to watch like all these cool videos of like people in drug addiction and like being saved and it's totally awesome. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I am second? Okay, there we go. I was like, I, <laughs> anyway, you should check it out. It's awesome. Um, so no, it, it was this start of this lie for me that I am second. I will just be, I'm, I'm number two. 
I, that's just, it was a little seed that was planted, okay? So move a few years later, my best friends, and I was actually trying to find pictures. I didn't find any, but my first group of best friends were Kimberly and Giselle in, uh, in elementary school. Kimberly Sorensen and Giselle Taylor, and we did everything together. We did everything. We were, but all of our parents worked like late after five, so we were like latchkey kids. I don't know if you guys ever heard that term, but basically, yeah, there we go. We just hung out after school because you had nowhere else to go, um, and we just, we bonded, so I thought, until I was at Giselle's house, this was around seventh grade, and they sat me down, and they told me why they didn't like me anymore. And they didn't want to be my friends. I know, Hunter's like, I'd kick him. I know, I know. And I went to Giselle's bathroom and I cried and cried and cried and cried. And then I asked Giselle's mom if I could call my mom and ask me to pick me up because my friends just dumped me. So what do you do with that? So again, if you see the thread, I am second. I'm no one's number one. Like, who wants to be with me? Like, they always broke off. I actually was really insecure. This is a different story, but I was really, for most, well, not most, parts of my adult life, I was really insecure about being in relationships, girl groups of three, just odds of three. I was just really, like, always on the edge. Like, they're going to leave me. They're just going to gang up. Right, so that was that was uh, middle school. So into high school, I have other friends because I'm the. If you can't tell, God has made me very sociable. This is just how He's made me, and I'm I'm really delighted in that. I love that I can go into a room of 50 people, say hi to all of them, build rapport pretty quickly. Strangers don't really scare me, and I'm just a friendly person for the most part. I try to be filled with the Spirit. And so making friends wasn't that hard for me. Um, and so I thought, right? So high school, best friends, Melissa Lucas and Megan Sear. And we all swim together on our high school team. We're very bonded. Again, so I thought. And if you can guess, can you guess what happened my junior year in high school? Yeah. So they actually met with me, wrote different letters about, yeah, about this and said that they no longer wanted to be my friend anymore. So do you know what happened then? I kept believing that I'm what? I'm second. No one wants to be with me. Like, does anyone just want to hang out with me? Like, I'm just a person. Yeah, Adam, you want to hang out? <laughs> you see, I see. Right, these childhood wounds that we think, like in the moment, right, when you're in third grade, you're, you cry for like a day because the cute, it wasn't a day, you cry because <laughs> the cute boy doesn't like you. Ryan didn't like me. It hurt. You know, you cry. When your best friends don't like you in seventh grade, that stings a little bit more. And then you think by high school, you're sort of going to figure this out already. And your friends dump you again. And you're like, seriously, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? So you can see how by the time I got to college, I kept thinking that I was number second. I was always number second. And this plays out in my relationships with men, which was very unhealthy 
emotionally throughout college. Ladies, we can talk about that later. But I was just very insecure in my relationships with men because I always just wanted to be noticed and pursued and sought after, la la la. Right, who doesn't, who doesn't? We grow up on Disney, it's like evil. I mean, it's not evil, but it teaches you things. I oh, know, Jordan's like, it's not. it's not evil, but for me, it taught me what is not true, okay? It taught me that there's this idealistic relationship that just does not exist, and I was really bitter and mad about that. Anyway, sorry, different tangent. I want to just paint the picture. Chris Madeira is going to come up for me. Uh, he's going to pretend to be my prom date, so just come up with me. Um, I am... So again, I'm illustrating ways that I failed to bond as a kid, right? So what are my like core lies? What are things that I'm repeating to myself already from my stories? Second. I'm second, right? I'm not really number, numbers number important. <laughs> So senior year comes around, okay? And I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm like captain on my swim team. Everyone knows me, but in a superficial way. And I'm like, I love the Lord, by the way, just saying. I am a believer in high school. Um, but my relationships with people were very surfacey. So Daniel Whaley comes up to me, okay? Again, example of how I failed to bond, okay? We got the picture. Daniel Whaley asked me to the prom. So Chris, I, you're normal, okay? And you're tall. Chris is my example, because Daniel is much taller than me. Um, and I just want you to, to ask me to the prom. I know this is gonna be weird. But just, just like do we're no, yeah, just do it. Hannah versus put, will you go to the prom with me? <laughs> okay, do it one more time. Will you go to the prom with me? <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, you can sit down. So I'm not even kidding. I am not even kidding. A boy asked me to the prom, which I was like, oh, that happens. A boy asked me to prom, and what did I do? Froze. I froze. I was freaked out. I didn't know what happened when someone wants to be in relationship with me. I just, I went like this. I was weird, but you know what ha why it was is because I failed to bond. I didn't know how to bond with someone. When someone was getting close to me, I just put up guards. Does this ever happen to you? Whether it's someone of the opposite sex or not, it doesn't have to be. It could be a roommate. It could be your Bible study leader. It could be someone, a mentor. It, could, it literally could be really anyone. Someone makes a move in the sense of like, hey, I wanna get to know you, I see you, and I'm here, and hi, and you freak out. That is a sign that you have failed to bond in some way, okay? And I say that empathetically, because I was that senior girl in college where there was a boy asking me to the prom, and I literally stood up against the lockers and just, fro I'm not even kidding. Like I, it's, you know how some people do that to like be funny, they like tell funny stories. I'm not kidding to you. I literally froze. Because I didn't know how to react when a boy, when someone wanted to get to know me and pursue me and be like, and not marry me, right? He didn't want to marry me. He just wanted to take me to the prom, but I was like, I don't know what to do, right? I didn't bond, I failed to bond. Now. Why, I will tell you, changes that heal 
So Bible changes that heal. Why this book changed my life in the sense that it gave me hope that I could grow up again. So some of us have <laughs> daddy wounds, mommy wounds, sister brother wounds. We have baggage, we're human. We live in a broken world, things hurt us. And we bring that into other relationships with people. And for me, I was really stunted by the fact that I, I felt like I got cheated somehow when I was a kid. Like someone didn't teach me these things, how to have relationships with people. And I think through the power of the spirit using this book, it gave me new hope that even at 30 years old, I can grow up again. I can actually be in functioning, healthy, mature relationships with other people. And it's a blessing on both sides. And there's no fear that they're gonna leave me. There's no manipulation of like, I need to do all these things to get their attention. It's this security, this freedom, this, hi, I'm Hannah Jean Versaput and I'm just an ordinary person and nice to meet ya. You know, I have nothing to prove anymore. And it's through a lot of healing that the Lord has brought me to this place. And now I can be here in front of you guys and say that I'm in relationships like that. We got to share at staff meeting, like, what are some of our healthy, tight bonds that we have with people? And I have these women in my life that I met at Penn, Penn State Crew. I did life with them. And we're still, we're like sisters. And I have sisters, but it's different. Your spiritual sisters, they're just different. There's just some people in the world who just get you, get you. I can't explain it. And my husband and them are like my rocks. And I experience Jesus through them, his grace, his love, his compassion, his kindness through them. And it's so good feels so good I miss them we get together every year which makes me really really happy we got together this past August because all of us turned 30 this year and one of the husbands made us a birthday cake and he surprised us with it and at 30 I wish I had a picture to show you but it was really 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 special so I know I just shared a lot. I know you got like little pictures into my childhood and I know you all have pictures too. So I want you to take some time right now, like five, six minutes to be in groups of two or three people. And I want you to talk about these questions. So who hurt your ability to bond and trust? What inner convictions did you develop about yourself and others as a result of these hurtful attachments? Okay, and then after we have a conversation, we're gonna come back and talk about the benefits of bonding. Okay, so go on. Alrighty, guys. I hope that from the sounds of it, it sounded like it started some good conversation. So I want us to keep us thinking about these things. So the encouraging thing is that God often chooses to heal us in the context of relationship, 
right? So if you're here and you're thinking, wow, I feel like my parents really messed me up, I feel like my siblings really messed me up, or my neighbor, or I just have a whole list of people who I feel like really messed me up, the encouraging thing and the hope is that God restores and heals us using a right relationship with him and relationships with other people. That's how he chooses to heal us, okay? And oftentimes, there are people who are literally right here where we're just doing life on life with them. Okay, sometimes it's a counselor, sometimes it's a professional, but oftentimes it could be like your roommate who you lived with for the last three years, right? Girlfriend, boyfriend, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like oftentimes God chooses just an ordinary spirit-filled person to heal us in the context of relationship. So the benefits of attachment, so two things. There's a few, but I just wanted to touch on two for tonight. So bonded people are able to handle stress. Okay, so how many of you have been stressed this week? That is real, that is real. I am with you right on that list. Okay, we're gonna look at some verses now that teach us about how to help one another handle stress. Okay, so Galatians 6.2, my Galatians 6.2 post-it. Thank you, Kyle. We're ready. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you. And First Thess 5.14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the uh, disheartening, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. So what do these verses highlight to us on how to handle stress? Sorry. Stick together. Yes. I totally would put like a bumper sticker of that on my car, you know? Actually, because then I don't want the car to stick with me. Anyway, I, yes, stick together. Stick together. What else? What are some other, even how you guys handled stress this week? There's probably some people that you've went to to sort of like word vomit. Oh, the bond. Yes, I see it already. I see it. Bonded people handle are able to handle stress. Okay, the second thing, bonded people know the real reason for work. So Colossians 3.23. Beautiful, thanks, Seth. From his heart, ladies and gentlemen, from his heart, thank you. Bonded people know the real reason for work. So let me, here's just a little, if you can relate to me in any way. Sometimes when I'm stressed, I, I really like to keep to-do lists, post-it notes. I have post-its of like all my to-dos. It's just gobs and gobs. Right now they're red. I have post-its, red post-its everywhere. And sometimes when I feel stressed, my anxiety increases. I have to do more and more and more to try to catch up. But you know what's funny about my list is actually it really never goes away. It like, things always keep piling. I don't know if you've ever been in this season of life. You're just like, everything just keeps going and going and going. Another way that my friend actually handles stress is that she just gets so paralyzed. It like all the post-it notes, are, she's looking at them and she's like, I can do it, but I don't know how. Like I, I've lost functioning of how to do it. 
Bonded people know the real reason for work. So with the Colossians 3.23 verse, something that as a mom, I really experience this a lot because I do a lot of mundane tasks. Laundry, I cleaned the bathroom today. It was great. Yes, it was, it was, it was huge. I haven't done it in a while. And there was something like that. I was like, I'm doing this to the Lord right now. I am cleaning my bathroom unto the Lord. Because I am, because I can, because my life is worship. The bonded, a bonded person knows their life is worship. So everything from picking up trash to opening a door to cleaning a bathroom to helping a stressful friend or stressed out friend, anything, everything in life is worship. Okay, so I want you to keep going in those little groups that you just formed. I have a few more questions and then we're going to close, okay? So describe a time when having a good friend enabled you to handle a stressful situation. Okay, right now, who needs your help? To whom can you offer encouragement, help, or patience? Whose burdens can you help bear? And how do you serve God and his people through your work? Or how would you begin to serve him through your work you're doing right now? So don't feel the pressure to, to answer all of them. Choose whichever one meets a need right now. But go ahead in your groups and discuss. Alrighty, guys. I trust it's been good communing with one another. You know, we say every week that Crew is a community where the gospel captivates hearts, transforms lives, and launches men and women into a lifelong adventure with beautiful. And we say it every single week. And why we say it, at least why I want to keep saying it, is because it reminds me what we're all about. We're a community of ordinary, broken people who need Jesus and who need each other. And we get to do life in the context of relationship. And it's a beautiful gift that God has given us. Before I share my last observation, before we close and the worship team comes up, we did get one question. Ryan asked me, actually asked Gabby through about me if I said yes to Daniel Whaley, and I actually didn't. I didn't say yes. I know. I know. I wasn't bonded. I was an unhealthy person. Um, so I know, poor guy. <laughs> really, I didn't. Um, so one, one observation, and then I'll pray, and then the worship team come, can come up. So we had our leadership retreat at the beginning of, of this month. Gosh, it's January. It's almost February. Woo! We had our leadership retreat. It was like 30 of us or so getting together, talking about the year, talking about what God wants us to do. It was just... It was great. And our team and I, we were making an observation about the group activity that we had the classes do. And um, I had the seniors for the first uh, shift, I guess, if you will. And they were just ultra bonded. Like there was just this sense of family when I would just look at the seniors of like, oh, there's such health there's life, there's this, I know you, you know me. They even know when each other poop, which, you know, to, to, they do, which is great. I love it. There's this sense of real authenticity that exists with them. And we were making observations about the juniors and the sophomores, and it was a, a comment, not, not a nothing bad. It was just an observation that the younger classes, there was this hesitancy of like, I don't know that much about you. I still have so much to know. I don't know. You know, there was this, we're still, 
getting to know each other feel. And I was just reflecting on the seniors and thinking they've bonded well. They have bonded well. They are our role models for how to bond well. And that's my prayer for our juniors and our sophomores and our freshmen, that you get to know one another in your class. It's never too late. Even if you're here, this is your first, second, or third week. It's not, you can start now. It could be a new leaf right now. You can get to know someone, and they could be a lifelong friend. And then eventually, by the time you graduate, you might know their poop schedule. You never know. It could be possible. Okay, I'm going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to pray for us because we need Jesus, and he's good, and he's here. And then we can just sing beautifully to him. King Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of relationship. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You could have just made us like robots. But you chose to give us hearts that feel deep things, that love wide. And Lord, we just want to be a people who just, who love with all we have. It's like our first step we just make in love. And it overflows out of a love for you. So Lord, there's people who could be here who have yet to experience what it's like to be in a loving relationship with you. And honestly, that's where it's got to start there. So would your spirit just do a work, a transformational work? Have you done, you, you did it in my heart, you did it in many others that I know. Would you do it for them? And Lord, for, for us who are in a right standing with you tonight, would you just increase our ability to love, make our hearts bigger and wider and deeper. And would we start with the people in this room? Would we unabashedly pursue and go after and chase and tackle down in a love tackle, if you will? Whatever it is, Lord, we just, we want to be available. We want to be faithful servants to you. We want to be humble enough to hear your voice and say, yes, we'll do it because you're God and you're good. So would you make us those kinds of people? Because we're just here. We're ordinary. There's really nothing that great about us. We're just made in your image, and that's the best thing we got going. We love you deep. Would you bless us and send us out? In your name we pray. Amen. The talk you have just listened to is a presentation of Penn State Crew. Crew is a community where the gospel captures hearts, transforms lives, and launches men and women into a lifelong adventure with Jesus Christ. To find out more about Penn State Crew or to find more talks, music, and videos, check out PennStateCrew.org. That's PennStateCRU.org. This talk is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. You are free to copy and distribute this talk to others as long as you do not do it for commercial purposes or alter, transform, or build upon this talk in any way.